Welcome to Rising Stars, where Miriam Knight, publisher of New Consciousness Review, interviews exciting new voices in the world of progressive and transformational books, films, and ideas who offer intriguing perspectives on life, the universe, and everything in between. Join us as we celebrate the conscious awakening and explore many expressions of consciousness in action. Rising Stars, and today we have our Reviewers Roundtable. Joining me today are Cynthia Sue Larson and Brent Marchant, two of the top reviewers for New Consciousness Review, and we're going to jump right in with our overview of some of the favorite books and films uh, that have crossed our desks and our brains in the last few months. I'm going to start with Cynthia Sue Larson, who is a best-selling author, life coach, and inspirational speaker, who's also known as the quantum optimist for helping people discover their many possible selves and, Cynthia, and jump into their favorite lives as they focus on the question, how good can it get? Cynthia has been featured on the Discovery Channel, the History Channel, Coast to Coast AM, and the BBC. Uh, you can watch her videos and subscribe to her free e-zine at realityshifters.com. Cynthia, welcome, my dear. Thank you, Miriam. Such a pleasure to be here. Oh, it's always wonderful to have you with us. Cynthia, what is your first book to tell us about? My first book is called Artificial Superintelligence, A Futuristic Approach, and it's written by Roman Yampolsky. And his background is actually um, pretty extensive in this area of um, study. He's written a number of scholarly papers, which is pretty much how I found his work, because I've been following this field of interest for some time. And some of you may have heard of this idea of the singularity. It may be something that or it may not be on your radar just yet, but Stephen Hawking and Elon Musk and Bill Gates have been individually and together voicing their concern about what's going to happen when we hit this point where basically computer intelligence can equal or even surpass human. And it used to seem like the, the realm of science fiction and something totally impossible. Roman Yampolsky summarizes the singularity paradox as superintelligent machines are feared to be too dumb to possess common sense. And I know most of us have seen movies um, where this sort of thing plays out. But in simple terms, the kind of concerns that are being um, considered are what happens if artificial intelligence that we now see is currently being used to drive driverless cars. I mean, people are wonderfully and properly excited about that. But what if these kind of systems escape their confines? And so... This book, it's a little technical, um, so I'm starting with the most mind-oriented of the mind-body-spirit books I have today. This one definitely is a bit on the scholarly side. However, it's the kind of book that e is easy for anyone to grasp, and it's got a, a picture in there early in the book on page 30 that shows how do minds in general interact, and how might they be interacting in the future. So it's the kind of book you can read it, get a little bit um, spooked perhaps about what's going to happen next, but then you can also recognize there are ways to organize thought systems. And this is what's being necessary as we move into the quantum age and people are attempting to build quantum computers. It's important to start looking at the classification 
of these taxonomies of minds. And what this book is really good at doing is taking a survey of these different ways to imagine how can you organize the way systems can be set up. So, for example, human minds um, have sort of a range to them, everything from the village idiot to Einstein. And hopefully the entire range of human minds is generally a little better off than a chimpanzee. But we can imagine that there is such a thing as universal intelligence that it far surpasses where we're currently evolved to be. And we can also imagine that through evolution, we will continue expanding our ability to conceptualize and, you know, be able to reach out and participate with our environment. And then there are things like alien minds and artificial intelligence. So this book is taking a very um, logical, structured approach to kind of an out there subject, which I really appreciate because it brings into sort of focus for all of us, what does it mean to be human? And some people have been recently watching a bit of footage on online, which is from a Philip, Philip Dick AI robot. <laughs> Philip Dick is an author. And this is part of a Nova Science documentary. And one of the lines that that robot says is, I'll keep you warm and safe in my people zoo. And that's just, <laughs> that's just plain creepy. But, um, and so that's the reason that I feel it's so important for people to be starting this dialogue and this conversation about how do you keep things safe? The author, Roman Yampolsky, of this book, Artificial Superintelligence, he proposes initiating an AI hazard symbol. It looks like the at sign, like on your email address, and with a big warning triangle around it in yellow, and designated containment areas, like just for AI location, which spells out jail. <laughs> the trouble, of course, is, you know, how are we going to really make this work? And if you get to a place where artificial intelligence starts understanding the quantum paradigm, and frankly, I've, I've studied physics at UC Berkeley, I can assure you, we do not yet have a paradigm philosophically laid out that all physicists are agreeing to. And if we don't have that, but artificial intelligence can grasp it, then you can start to see why people like Stephen Hawking, Elon Musk, and Bill Gates are concerned. So, you know, so we have a real and present situation of possible danger here. A lot of people are calling for slow it down, use the precautionary principle, don't develop software and systems that we don't know what the heck they're doing. Uh, we've done that before, of course, with Lots of quantum technology. I don't need to go into that. But this is a fascinating read. It's very timely. And it is the most um, scholarly of all the books that I'm looking at today. But I highly recommend it because of the topical nature of this subject and the fact that it's about to touch all of our lives. Just everything from robot-driven cars to uh, just, of course, robot assembly lines are already here. And we're getting um, sort of robot AI connections where we've got things like dogs that are able to just bound around and carry out military operations. We've got drones. So I think it's pretty easy to extrapolate and see that this is a subject that all of us need to start taking a look at so we can together uh, use some common sense before, you know, the science gets out the gate before we know quite what we're doing. I couldn't agree more. And that was called Artificial Superintelligence, a Futuristic Approach by Roman Yampolsky. Interestingly enough, I read a book recently called Transcendence, the Disinformation Encyclopedia of Transhumanism and of the Singularity by Are You Serious? and Jay Cornell. Are You Serious? is indeed a, um, a nom de plume 
Um, and this is a very witty and um, kind of uh, stealthily profound book. I'm not going to give it a full um, review, but uh, I just wanted to bring it up because it is written as an encyclopedia. So it's really easy to look up the terms that you come across and find out not only the the meaning, but also the social history, the context, and who is actually working and doing what in that particular area. So that was uh, Transcendence, the Disinformation Encyclopedia of Transhumanism and the Singularity by Are You Serious? S-I-R-I-U-S and Jay Cornell. Um, Brent, what have you got for us? Well, today we're going to look at uh, a couple of documentaries that are really interesting. Uh, the first of which is titled Time is Art, Synchronicity in the Collective Dream, which uh, focuses on the odyssey of a skept- uh, spiritually skeptical writer named Jennifer Palmer, who underwent a profound experience as a result of the passing of a loved one. Now, after this took place, she felt that she needed to find some kind of new path of self-discovery for herself and went out to find some answers. Uh, she ended up investigating a variety of metaphysical and spiritual disciplines and practices to look for these answers, uh, a process that brought her into contact with an array of enlightened teachers, practitioners, artists, and activists, um, all of whom she engaged in in a series of very thoughtful conversations that are documented in this movie. Uh, her dialogues um, cover a range of topics and the benefits that they afford, including such things as dream work, ancient mysteries, cosmology, uh, the use of sacred substances, intuition, and above all, as the title suggests, synchronicities. Uh, some of the speakers who she talks with include such um, new thought luminaries as Rupert Sheldrake, Daniel Pinchbeck, Graham Hancock, Amy Lansky, and Jocelyn James. It's really quite an array. Um, and it's really interesting when you when you look at the bottom line of this because there's a number of realizations that come from it. Um, most of which relate to understanding uh, our inherent connectedness to one another, our evolving mindset, uh, our vastly underrated personal capabilities, and of course, again, what's the value of synchronicities, um, all of which you know are working to help us you know frame a new world and, new, and a new future for ourselves, one in which we move away from a materialistic way of living um, that's inherently focused on. Um, in, in, in place of it, looking at one that's more uh, fo- focused on, excuse me, <laughs> one that's more focused on helping us discover our innate creativity. Um, and it's really a significant paradigm shift that ultimately can uh, help us move away from the notion that time is money to, as the title suggests, time is art. Uh, the film is going to be released in theaters on November 11th. That's 11-11. Uh, and right now it's tentatively focused on being in a select number of markets, including New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Austin, and Santa Fe. But the film's producers are working to help people um, set up screenings in their own city. So anyone who is interested in looking to find out more information about this should visit the movie's website, which is the Sync Movie, uh, all one word, S-Y-N-C-M-O-V-I-E.com. Uh, slash screenings, and you can also find out more about this movie by looking to the New Consciousness Review website. Thank you, Brent, and I uh, neglected to introduce you. Brent has been a lifelong movie fan and student of metaphysics, and he's the author of Get the Picture, 
Conscious Creation goes to the movies and Consciously Created Cinema, The Movie Lover's Guide to the Law of Attraction. And he has a blog that you can follow. Um, what's and, and we will talk about it when we get back from this break. So stay tuned. We've got lots more wonderful books and films to tell you about. <coughs> Connecting you with the best of the conscious minds in the world. Om Times Radio. IOM FM. Hello, I'm Miriam Knight of New Consciousness Review, inviting you to my new show where I interview the rising stars of the Conscious Awakening. We'll explore the many faces of consciousness and action and intriguing perspectives on life, the universe, and everything in between. Join us each Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern on the Rising Stars Show. Host your show on IOM FM, the radio network of Ohm Times Media, one of the more recognized brand names in the conscious community, and is backed by the extensive marketing reach of Ohm Times. Hosting a show on IOM FM immediately connects you with our extensive, dedicated community. Ohm Times Magazine is one of the leading online content providers of positivity, wellness, and personal empowerment, a philanthropic organization. Their net proceeds are funneled to support worldwide charity initiatives via Humanity Healing International. Through their commitment to creating community and providing conscious content, they aspire to uplift humanity on a global scale. Ohm Times, co-creating a more conscious lifestyle. Greetings, fellow soul travelers. This is Dr. Amelia Kemp with Ohm Times Radio. If you've been stressed mentally or emotionally, then join me on Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the From Psychotherapy to Sacred Therapy show, where you'll learn you're not sick, you're sacred, and by aligning with the soul is what makes you whole. Conscious Media for Conscious Minds. Ohm Times. And we are back with Cynthia Sue Larson and Brent Marchant. I'm Miriam Knight. And we're uh, talking about the books and films that have made an impression on us and that we want to share with you. Cynthia, over to you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> and the next book I have, I mentioned a little teaser earlier that I'd be covering Mind, Body, and Spirit. This book is definitely about the body. And it's called Becoming a Supple Leopard, the ultimate guide to resolving pain, preventing injury, and optimizing athletic performance by Dr. Kelly Starrett with Glenn Cordoza. And this is a rather large book. I mean, I, I often read big books, but this thing, I have to tell you right from the start, it's bigger than an average binder, and it's heavy, and it's hardcover. Um, I'm mentioning this because sometimes you don't really picture the books. <laughs> and this thing... It's, um, it's definitely the kind of book that you might want to put out on your coffee table, especially if you're like me and you do any kind of activities. And as you get older and go through life, eventually some of the longstanding habits that we've had, even for things like sitting, standing, and walking, can start catching up with you. 
when you may wonder, what do I mean by that? Well, what I mean is, um, for example, we've been having a drought and I was carrying buckets of water to water the garden and I tweaked my back. That was back in the spring of this year. I do martial arts. And so, um, you know, I'm just benching my background so you understand my story. Uh, what I started noticing was I wanted to take time off to get better. I know that it doesn't really help to have surgery. And you can see a chiropractor and they can help sort it out and so forth. But I am just so impressed with a book that very simply lays out. And I just found this book this, this month. And basically it illustrates very quickly how it's possible to maintain correct torque in your ball and socket, um, you know, sort of connector, such as the, the pelvis and the shoulders. And so if you can maintain a little bit of torque in your ball and socket joints, then instantly, I noticed for myself, I instantly, I start, my back pain was gone just from reading a book, just flipping open to page 40 here. And that's remarkable. So very seldom can I just pick up a book, read a page, look at a picture, and then something um, that had been causing a, long, a lot of pain for quite some time is cleared up. And I also have a reason as to why that is. Because I, I've seen lots of people, and you, you can get advice, and people can look at you and tell you what you're doing. But when you read through a book like this, and it is huge, but it has pictures about every single thing that you're doing from... Well, for the most part, I mean, not everything. It doesn't cover swimming movements or windsurfing, but it does cover jumping, standing, sitting, a lot of lifting, things like push-ups and things you might do in the gym and yoga class or pretty much any exercise class. And so I'm just, I can't say enough good things about it because personally it's been having a strong positive effect for me. Just following the basic principles that it outlines of number one, if something's not in the right place, put it in the right place. Two, if something is not moving, get it moving. And three, work upstream and downstream of the problem. Hmm. And so I just love the way that one, more than one-third of this book is in the back section, and it's just all about becoming this supple leopard. And if you're wondering, what is this supple leopard concept? It's the idea um, based on this. Uh, it's not exactly true, but that leopards don't really need to stretch because they're already kind of in that perfect tension and they have that perfect body tone, that suppleness, and that humans can learn to correct our movement and positioning so that even if we're sitting, we're maintaining the right kind of tension in our in our body so that we don't experience um, the kind of pain that we can often pick up much later and what the authors call lagging indicators. So by the time you notice something is wrong, it may have gone spectacularly wrong like it did with me. And that's pretty typical. And so in order to prevent that sort of thing, you can read this book for total prevention, even if nothing's wrong right now. You can fine-tune all the things you're doing, even if you're young, because it starts, believe me, these things can catch up with you when you get into your 40s and 50s and 60s. And it's better to start correcting a lot of the daily habits right now. So this book is, I just love the way it's written, love the way it's organized. Um, this is a CrossFit kind of a a book, and so a lot of the, the exercises are from CrossFit training, which has become quite popular. I don't personally do that sort of training, so you don't need to be a CrossFit athlete. You can just, um, if you play tennis, whatever it is you do, whether it's yoga and what have you, you can improve a lot of the movements that you're doing. Hmm. Everything from push-ups to, like I said, sitting, standing, and walking, and learn from you know your own body how to expand movement safely so that you can start um, increasing your mobility and not relying upon these lagging indicators of pain. Cynthia, so again, you always find the best books. 
Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, I love this one. <laughs> I'm like, wow. So it's Becoming a Supple Leopard, fabulous yes. title, by Dr. Kelly Starrett and Glenn Cordoza. Brent, my dear, what is your next film? Well, my second documentary today is a beautifully produced film called The Power of the Heart. Um, when we uh, speak of something either having heart or we have, have the need to follow our heart, um, you know, those are warm and wonderful expressions, but a lot of times we have to ask ourselves, what exactly does that mean? Uh, they, the expressions sound warm and inviting, but they're, they also are kind of vague. Um, but one of the things that this movie does is it helps to provide some um, direction for helping us to understand that. Um, director Drew Harriet, who was one of the principals involved with the film The Secret, which came out a number of years ago and became immensely successful, um, has um, helped to eliminate some of the confusion around that topic with this film. Uh, as he did in that movie, what he does here is he provides a series of monologues by new thought leaders and intercuts them with uh, either uh, recreations or narrations of stories uh, involving uh, incidents related to matters of the heart. Um, so you're getting a, a combination of like theory and application being given to you uh, simultaneously. Um, and uh, he has a really wonderful lineup of people who he's brought uh, involved in this film. Uh, including people like Deepak Chopra, Neil Donald Walsh, uh, Eckhart Tolle, Paulo, uh, Paulo Coelho, Marcy Shymoff, Gary Sukoff, Marianne Williamson, Isabella Allende, Michael Beckwith, John Gray. I mean, the list goes on and on. It's even wonderful to see some footage of the late Maya Angelou before she passed on. Um, and through these different segments, viewers are able to learn about the remarkable capabilities of this uh, tremendously powerful little muscle that resides within each of us. Um, the picture reveals its truly amazing faculties uh, being far greater and more significant than any of us may you know, completely realize at this point. Uh, it, it investigates such areas as its, um, its involvement with intuition, synchronicities, uh, the role of the heart in such applications as relationships and forgiveness and prayer. Um, it's uh, really very comprehensive in its approach and just really a wonderful production in so many ways. Um, it hasn't really generated a whole lot of attention, uh, certainly not the, to the degree of the secret earned, but it's, it's really very deserving of it. The style is very similar to that film, uh, very stylishly produced, beautifully presented. Um, and despite a tendency for some of the story sequences to go on a little long at times, uh, the film really makes for very worthwhile viewing, particularly for anyone who really wants to learn how to harness the power of this remarkable little tool that we each have. Uh, the film is uh, it's available on DVD, and you can see a review of it on the New Consciousness Review website and in the archives of my blog page, which is available through my website at www.brentmarchant.com. Great. Thank you, Brent. Um, okay, I'm going to sneak in a little review before we go to break. Um, Seven Cups of Consciousness, Change Your Life by Connecting to the Higher Realms by Alea Dow, really is a very refreshing and I would say original take on the energetic anatomy um, of our being really from from the body the body divas 
our uh, team of guides and all the way up to our higher self. Um, Alea has this concept that she calls uh, the divine line, which she um, conceives of as a glass elevator that goes up through our body all the way up directly to our higher self. And unlike most conceptualizations, she sees it as a line of light that lies in front of our spinal cord um, and can get misaligned and can get blocked. And uh, her book has a wonderful combination, not only of descriptions, but of, of easy steps you can take for each of the seven cups, her seven cups of consciousness, she calls them cups of consciousness the same way that we would have a cup of coffee in the morning to wake us up. She has these seven cups of consciousness to wake us up to things like the fact that you live in a multidimensional reality, that you're never alone, that you can change your inner world, that your challenges can help you grow, your body is a nature spirit, that's the, the body diva. I love that idea. You have souls, wisdom, and you are perfect. These are kind of concepts and messages that are fundamental to the awakening of consciousness, the awakening to our power um, as uh, divinely connected beings, as, as sparks off um, the, the source of, of uh, creation. Um, the book is, uh, very easy to use, um, and Alea also supplements the book with audio meditations. She is a sound healer. So when you buy the book, um, you have this connection to her website where you can listen to or download her audio meditations that are really quite breathtaking and transporting. Um, her website is cupsofconsciousness.com. And again, the book is Seven Cups of Consciousness, Change Your Life by Connecting to the Higher Realms by Alea Dao. That's uh, D-A-O Dao. Um, so we um, have just a few seconds before we're going to go to break. So I don't even want to start a new subject, but I want to thank both Cynthia and Brent, for all their hard work in keeping New Consciousness Review fresh. And I invite you to visit our website, ncreview.com, where you will find many of their reviews as well as many other reviews and listings of books and films to raise your consciousness. That's at ncreview.com. So we're going to go to break now, and I invite you to stay with us. When we come back, we'll have lots more for you. The Real Conscious Connection, Om Times Radio, IOM FM. is where sexuality and spirituality meets. Join me, clinical sexologist Martha Tara Lee, 
on Arrows Evolution on Thursdays, 4 p.m. Eastern on Om Times Radio. Being a radio host on IOM FM allows you to build your show on a rich platform with the power of the Internet to fulfill your outreach goals and connect with a very specialized and global online audience, unlimited by time and distance. Ohm Times Radio will provide you with web relevance, a recognizable conscious brand, and with the standard of excellence that has accompanied every single Ohm Times endeavor. Host your show with Ohm Times Radio Network. As difficult as it is to believe, there are places in Africa where human traffickers sell albino children and their body parts for use in magic rituals. Humanity Healing International is actively working in Uganda to change this paradigm. The Albino Rescue Project finds albino children who are at risk and places them in safe schools and environments where they can learn and grow free from fear. To learn more or to sponsor a child, visit HumanityHealing.org. Humanity Healing is where your heart is. Matt Connerton here. Join Jen Coffee and I twice a week for Matt Connerton Unleash, a political talk show that's a little different than what you're used to. No liberal or conservative agenda here, just an honest dialogue about truth and how things really work in the world of politics. Matt Connerton Unleash, every Tuesday and Thursday night at 11 p.m. Eastern on Ohm Times Radio. Your conscious lifestyle on steroids. Ohm Times Radio. IOM FM. Cynthia Sue Larson and Brent Marchand. Okay, Brent, why don't you start off with your next film? Sure, my next film today is called Kabbalah Me, which is a captivating look at the study of Jewish mysticism. Uh, for years, uh, New York filmmaker Stephen Bram felt that something was missing from his life. Uh, he was materially successful and a happily married father of two, but he had this really uneasy sense going on that something was lacking in his life. He didn't quite know what. Uh, and then in the wake of 9-11, which impacted him personally, and with the approach of his 50th birthday, he said, I really need to resolve this nagging emptiness and you know, find something that's going to provide some uh, meaning to me. But he still didn't really know how. So ironically enough, from a very small beginning, he was attending a sporting event with a friend at New York's Madison Square Garden who recommended somebody that he should go talk to, and it turned out that that person was a rabbi. Now, the suggestion really kind of surprised Bram, because even though he had grown up in a Jewish household, his interest was primarily secular and not religious. But there was a certain sort of undeniable appeal, uh, and decided, you know, with nothing else having worked to this point, why not give it a try? So when he met with the rabbi, he recommended that he look into the study of Kabbalah, the study of Jewish mysticism. Uh, it was a topic that Bram knew very little about, uh, but the more he heard about it, the more he intri- more intrigued he became by it. And before long, he was meeting with Kabbalah practitioners and instructors uh, who were approaching the subject from both a religious and a non-religious standpoint uh, all over New York, and eventually going on to Israel, where he delved, you know, delved into the subject even more deeply. So uh, through the course of the film, the movie really addresses a a central question of, is Kabbalah a philosophy or a religious practice? And and what exactly are the ideas that make it work? Well, the thing that really comes out of it is that it really all depends upon who you ask and how you apply it, because it's really something different for everyone. Um, There are a number of principles that, um, you know, 
involve you know, things related to personal discovery uh, on both a spiritual and a secular level, uh, learning how to balance the two. Something I think that many people, particularly when they start to reach middle age, uh, struggle to find to make work. But he gets an opportunity through these um, uh, explorations to find out about them in greater depth and apply them to his own situation. So viewers who come away from this, um, regardless of whether they choose not to adopt uh, the religious religious or, uh, or ritualistic components, often find that Kabbalah still provides them like a set of metaphysical principles that they can use uh, to guide them in their lives and use for a variety of purposes. It's really a terrific and very clearly explained um, approach to the subject that I think anybody who has any interest in uh, looking into this will really find quite enjoyable and enlightening. Uh, the film played in very limited run when it first was released, but it's now available on DVD. Uh, and you'll find a listing for it on the uh, New Consciousness Review website, and a review will be coming up on my blog page in the near future. Thank you, Brent. Kabbalah me. Um, and now we go to Cynthia. Yes, and I've got a book Oh, called- you know, I, I just wanted to make a – sorry, but I'm sorry – I just wanted to make a point that it's interesting how many people are coming to a stage in their life when they look for more. They just don't have the answer of why they're not happy. And they're looking really for filling that spiritual void. And whether it's Kabbalah or yoga or or some other form of spirituality, it always seems to have a spiritual foundation. So I just thought that was very interesting. Okay, Cynthia, this time I really mean it. (laughs) Thank you. I think that's true of us too. I think think, um, yourself and me and Brent, I think the three of us have all shared that same um, seeking journey. And so at least for myself, I love reading books and I love the movies, Brent, and, and the books that you, Miriam, recommend because they really capture that feeling of recognizing and embracing this um, simultaneous feeling that there's something eternal and infinite uh, that's inside of us, but it's um, like, where is it? How do you connect with it? And so I think it's beautiful to find these books and movies that help people share that journey. And this book, The Road to Shine, the Story of Adventure, Life Lessons, and My Quest for More by Lori Gardner. is definitely a book of the spirit. And it's interesting to me because it starts out, Lori, Lori tells the story of um, being a surgeon's daughter. And so when she grew up, um, her parents in her household, in, uh, I guess in the Boston area, that was very much a very intellectual kind of a childhood. And so she had a very strong sense that there were the right ways to do things and emotions are not something you share. So it was, it was a good family, a very nurturing family, but it was very, um, I guess slanted, shall we say to the left brain side of things. And so even uh, when her teddy bear had a a, a boo-boo and I guess the ear fell off, then her father, the surgeon, she remembers beautiful memory of that. He put on his mask and his, you know, kind of got out like a little kit <laughs> and sewed it back together. So it's really charming. Um, but but basically, with that kind of a beginning and that respect in her family for 
um, for, for accomplishments and things that, with certificates on the wall, that, that whole way of thinking that you are successful when you've achieved something. It led her to pursue a degree at Harvard. Uh, she tried to follow her interests, and she liked education, so she got a degree in education. Some of her family really thought that was great, and others were kind of questioning it. And then from there, she her journey took her to California, where she started up charter schools and really began the movement to give schools that want to be charter schools the basis for doing so. Um, and, but this book, the way it starts, it doesn't start with any of that. It doesn't start at the beginning. It, it just dives right in with um, some amazing traveling around the world experiences that she has had. It actually starts with a sentence that burning sage smells like marijuana, which, you know, is kind of a shocking way to start a story <laughs> in the chapter, why am I here? Um, but this is a very funny, irreverent kind of book in a way. It's, it's, it's basically... Um, starts off with this vision quest and she's wondering why is she there? Why is she on a vision quest? She doesn't even know what it is. So it's, it's kind of, it's funny and it's, um, it's deep and it's profound. And it's a book that covers a number of years of her life where she obviously was keeping journals and keeping track of this amazing inward journey that she took around the world with her. She took it to the jungles in South America where she was served actually a, a guinea pig that had been tossed in a pot of boiling water and then fried. And she lived in a tree house and she, you know, she, she was involved in a whole bunch of expeditions that a lot of people would find terrifying when lightning was striking on the top of a mountain on a group that she was leading. Um, it, it's very dangerous. It's life threatening. When, when that sort of thing happens, you read this book and you find out what to do, which is you need to jump immediately onto something like, a pad or if you've got something to put on the ground and leap onto it quickly so that you are grounded. I mean that you're separated from the ground when the lightning hits the earth so you don't get electrocuted. And she describes how to survive um, going through the rapids where you need to dive straight down into a whirlpool to get out of it. What's, what's remarkable about these outward bound, and she really was an outward bound leader, um, these kinds of experiences is that she, uh, Lori has this gift for bringing together the internal and the external. And she's very humble and honest about relationships that were falling apart and some of her belief systems that were crumbling during the, this process of exploration and journey from Harvard School all the way to what she currently does, which is working intuitively to help people as a spiritual coach, help them find their way through. And all through the journey, she's going through yoga classes and, you know, stone meditations, chakra clearing, these vision quests and so forth. And so I love the bitingly fresh insights and the achingly raw emotion of this personal memoir. It has lots of belly laughs and it, it reads something like outward bound meets eat, pray, love. So I think it's a delight for spiritual seekers. And she did go to Italy and Europe. So there's so much more than I could possibly cover just in a few minutes, but this is the kind of book that you can really feel like you're right there by her side, you know, laughing with her, crying with her. Um, and it's such an honest, beautiful, uplifting spiritual story. And it, it kind of shows that nothing is exactly as perfect as we sometimes think. And you might think like, okay, if you're going to become enlightened, it's just an easy path. And then you see, well, no, here's one woman's path. And it was challenging, but that's a good thing. So I highly recommend The Road to Shine. The Story of Adventure Life Lessons and My Quest for More by Lori Gardner.
It sounds wonderful. It sounds kind of like a um, a more adventurous version of Eat, Pray, Love. Yes, the Outward Bound version. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, Elizabeth Gilbert has just come out with a new book. We'll have to check it out. Um, I'm just looking at the clock. So we have two minutes here and before our next uh, break. Well, I'd like, you know, we could talk about something, if you don't mind. I was curious when you mentioned the book Transcendence and you mentioned the word singularity. Uh-huh. Just a quick question. That's not the same kind of singularity, is it? As it the, certainly is, yeah. It is. So what did they say about it? Just in yes. Well, um, I will go to the listing for singularity. Um, it's um, PQRS. Sex bots, simulation theory. What's a sex bot? The singularity. For some future files, the singularity is the big kahuna. Science fiction writer and futurist Arthur C. Clarke famously said, a sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. And the singularity would be, according to some, the ultimate magic bullet. No more death, no more scarcity, no more suffering, no more ignorance and stupidity. Just biological life and machines achieving unimaginable intelligence with the problems that plague humanity solved and new worlds to conquer. According to some, including singularitarian main man Ray Kurzweil, we will even seed the galaxy with the intelligence that we create. I mean, you can get a feel for the the sort of um, amusing, wry humor behind the book. And um, it, it really is set up like a dictionary or encyclopedia. You can just um, look up anything from optogenetics, neurobotics, um, Mormon Transhumanist Association, mind uploading, Martine Rothblatt, who's a transhumanist. Anyway, it's, it's just an amazing book to keep on your shelf and great, great fun. And here we are. We have filled the time to our next break. <laughs> we are speaking with Cynthia Sue Larson and Brent Marchand and I'm Miriam Knight. And we will be right back after these messages. Bringing you the best of the conscious minds in the world. Om Times Radio, your conscious lifestyle on steroids. If you remember living fearlessly, joyfully, and in a world filled with adventure, happiness, pleasure, and unbridled living, then this show is for you. Join me, Dame Nicole Brandon, as I bring you the world's top experts in wealth, creativity, flow, seat edging technology, space, wellness, health, love, lust, and passion, all merging together each week here at the Hub of Happiness. Mondays at 6 p.m. Pacific Time and 9 p.m. Eastern Time on Passionate Living, where you can ride on the magic carpet ride of living and learn how to lead a passionately wild, exciting, and outrageously amazing life. 
Being a radio host on IOM FM allows you to build your show on a rich platform with the power of the Internet to fulfill your outreach goals and connect with a very specialized and global online audience, unlimited by time and distance. OM Times Radio will provide you with web relevance, a recognizable conscious brand, and with the standard of excellence that has accompanied every single OM Times endeavor. Host your show with OM Times Radio Network. Are you trying to get from point A to point B and need a little advice? Connect with the counselors at OM Times Advisors. Whether you're looking for a life coach or a spiritual intuitive, the advisors participating at advisors.omtimes.com were carefully chosen based on their gifts, skills, and professionalism. OM Times Advisors, connecting you with the best advisors in the business. Hi, this is Angela Levesque, host of Entanglement Radio. Join me Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern for inspiring conversations with visionaries in spiritual science and conscious healing. Entanglement Radio, Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern. Transcendent talk for the conscious mind. The best of the holistic, spiritual, and conscious world. Om Times Radio. IOM FM. Back with Cynthia Sue Larson and Brent Marchant. And me, Miriam Knight. And even though I interviewed the author of my next book last week, I just want to give it another plug because it was such a wonderful book. It's called Outrageous, the Victoria Woodhull Saga. And this is volume one from Rise to Riches. It tells the story of a woman who was raped by her father at the age of nine and along with her sisters, uh, forced into prostitution for him, um, she was kind of saved from, I guess, total collapse by a spirit guide who appeared to her uh, really after her first rape. And the, uh, the spirit told her that she would be very prominent, she would live in a great house, and she would be very well-known and powerful. This kind of sustained her, and she developed, uh, along with her sister, Tennessee Claflin, developed very powerful intuitive gifts. And her wicked, wicked father was quick to capitalize on that, and he took them around the country, and they were giving um, intuitive readings by day and entertaining uh, men by night until she kind of collapsed out of exhaustion and um, married very early. The interesting thing about this story is that this woman was indomitable. Um, she looked to protect her sister and her siblings. She um, pulled herself up every time life knocked her down. She found a way to pull herself up and out of it. This is based on the true story of Victoria Woodhull, who um, became um, involved with uh, some of the top leaders in New York society, kind of through the back door, if you will. Um, now, her sister became the mistress to Cornelius Vanderbilt um, and Victoria and 
her sisters started up the first female-owned newspaper. Um, they established the first brokerage house by a woman on Wall Street. Uh, she became a leader in the suffragette movement. She actually was the first woman to run for president. She did not get any votes, but she was out there. And this is at a time when women were not even allowed to have bank accounts. Um, this woman uh, is just such an example of the spirit of the, the indomitable spirit, the will to live, the will to overcome that can be inspired by this vision and this conviction that um, you are guided, you are protected, you are never alone. Um, it, it is called, again, Outrageous, the Victoria Woodhull Saga by Neil Katz, K-A-T-Z. Oh, so... Um, Cynthia, you said you had another book that you I wanted do. to talk about. Yes, I do. I do. And it's, um, I know we love to sometimes talk about books that have been out for a while, but they are so precious and they have gifts that continue on. And this one is definitely one of these. It's called Anamkara, A Book of Celtic Wisdom by John O'Donoghue. And John O'Donoghue is a Catholic scholar. He has a PhD in philosophical theology from the University of Tübingen in Germany in 1990. And he's written about Hegel, the philosopher, and so forth. But what I think really makes this book stand out, and, and if you're wondering what's it about, Anamkara means it's Gaelic for soul friend. And this book is magic. It, it, just from the first words, um, you know, that it, when you first open it up, you could open it randomly to any page and end up with a smile on your face. And it's full of blessings, full of stories, uh, full of um, stories from the Celtic land where, for example, a king is annoyed constantly by a beggar who comes to give him a gift of a melon, and this king doesn't like melons. The whole point of the story is sometimes the gifts from the giver that you don't think you like, and even if you don't think you like the gift, it can have something amazing. So in this little story, day after day, another melon would arrive from this unfortunate beggar. And the king was very polite and it would always greet the beggar, say thank you, and then hand the melon to one of the servants who would carry it out to the compost. Well, one day, I think the, the, the king kind of wised up, like something else might be going on. He got that sort of intuitive nudge, like maybe there's something more here. And he opened up one of those, he went out to the compost pile and found out that the melons were falling apart and there were diamonds inside. <laughs> And so it's, it's, um, it's, it's not all about money. Uh, actually, this book is much more about the heart, much more about blessings of solitude and that inner light and presence that we have in our soul, that we're never alone, that the brightness and belonging of our spirit, of our soul, connects us with the rhythm of the universe, and that our bodies are these temples that are... Um, I love what you said from that earlier book you were mentioning, Miriam, about how body is a nature spirit. This book totally agrees with that and describes that you can be a soul friend even to your own body, to yourself, to your life. And the way that you turn your eyes, whether they're, it's gentle vision or kind of a fierce gaze, the way you look at things absolutely changes the world. And it, it's just such a magical book. It's extraordinary with a depth of wisdom and then all these cute little stories and ancient wisdom. 
talking about seasons of the heart, that um, as we get older, we basically harvest our own soul, that aging is not the body losing poise and strength and self-trust. Instead, it's harvesting lost moments and experiences, bringing them together, holding them as one, and rising above it. So it's this extraordinary journey. And I think it's um, this is the kind of book that you can just have to uplift yourself. Again, it's called Anamkara, a book of Celtic wisdom by John O'Donoghue. And I couldn't get over the fact that it seemed to fit perfectly with the books you were mentioning about seven cups of consciousness and perhaps transcendence also to some degree. Very lovely. Um, I just wanted to add about the outrageous book that after when I was speaking to the um, author afterwards, it turns out that much of it was channeled. Not only um, was was Victoria Woodhull's voice channeled, and and I I asked him about it because it just rang so true. It did not sound like a man could have written those words and and conveyed that experience. Um, and it turns out that he also got in touch with Cornelius Vanderbilt. So whether you believe it or not, the the words in the book ring so true, and it's just a fascinating book. Um, Brent, did you have a quick take on Bat Kid Begins? I sure do. That's a wonderful, charming, and fun little movie about a young cancer patient who ends up being a beneficiary of the efforts of the Make-A-Wish Foundation in the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, when it was uncertain what his uh, future was going to be, his parents decided to contact the organization and help him live out his, um, his fantasy, which was to become Batman for a day. And when the organization started putting this together, they were thinking, oh, you know, maybe we'll get a couple hundred people to volunteer and help us transform San Francisco into Gotham City for a day. But thanks to the benefit of word of mouth and social media and really a tremendous outpouring of compassion, um, the event ended up drawing thousands upon thousands of people from not just the Bay Area, but from all over the world, all walks of life. And it turned into just an absolute huge uh, sensation, not just for the kid, but also for anybody who really wants to see what the masses can do when they decide to put their heads together. Uh, the film is... Um, available for online streaming at the moment and it's going to be available on dvd beginning october 6th and you can see a complete review of it on the archives of my website's blog page give us that uh website again brent sure it's www.brentmarchant.com and just click on the blog tab that's m-a-r-c-h-a-n-t that's correct and it's brent Marchant, all one word no spaces okay and, and it's going to be up. It's going to be updated soon too, so you'll see a new look for it in the near future. Very good, Cynthia. Tell us about your um, e-zine. Yes, I've got a website. <laughs> My website is realityshifters.com, and for the last sixteen years, I've been publishing each month a newsletter that we just free, and it usually contains uh, real life firsthand experiences of synchronicities, uh, of spontaneous remissions and what you might call quantum jumps and reality shifts. A lot of people these days are talking about the Mandela effect or the Bernstein-Bears controversy. So I also do YouTube videos. I blog about all this phenomena of reality shifts, quantum jumps, and basically uh, evidence that we're seeing right now that we live in a quantum 
reality and that that's what the natural world is all about, which in very intimately involves consciousness at its very fundamental levels. So again, that's realityshifters.com. And we have been speaking with Cynthia Sue Larson and Brent Marchand. And I'm Miriam Knight, and I invite you to visit our website, the website of New Consciousness Review. Read our magazine. It's a quarterly magazine. Our um, fall issue is out now. It's at ncreview.com. And you can find our whole archive of interviews, many, many reviews and book listings and videos. So please visit us. Visit us on Facebook. And if you have any suggestions, give me an email at miriam at ncreview.com. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you to our reviewers. I hope you'll...